Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets. What's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left-hand side of your screen. Shows aren't uploaded on a regular basis, so this is a very good way to stay notified. It's a company interview in today's programme, a company I'm new to, in fact, and one that I don't own shares in, not yet anyway. I'm sitting with Neil Mydell, and he is the chairman of Pan American Goldfields. Now, this is a very interesting story, and it's one that I'm not even going to begin to uh, outline to you. I'm going to get Neil to do that. So, Neil, welcome to the show, and um, why, don't, why don't you give us a quick background to, to, to Pan American and, and tell us where you are now. Okay, thank you, Dominique. It's uh, it's a basically a Mexican and South American uh, gold producing company. We are we just recently took it over. In fact, we just got ass, uh, control of the Mexican mine that's in production right now, and it's only pilot production. It, it produced about uh, forty thousand ounces of silver last month and just over five hundred ounces of gold. But our our ultimate goal is to to uh, uh, increase the production to about uh, 100,000 ounces of gold equivalent per year. And um, so that's that's the, the principal project right now. Why we took it over was because we took it over at about $12 an ounce um, gold equivalent. And um, our expectation is that as we develop it and scale it up to a bigger operation and get a uh, um, get it to the feasibility stage for the large operation will be it'll approach two hundred dollars an ounce, and that's uh, I think that's why everybody's so excited about it. Okay, and so why don't you tell us? I guess you should tell us who the management are, who the who the main personalities are in the, in in your company, because uh, there's there are some quite impressive people there. That's a great point. A great point, Dominic. What uh, you know, this the plans we have do sound um, rather ambitious until you realize that we have the ex-president of Barrick Gold, Argentina, who put together the Veladero Mine uh, operation, which is Barrick's current largest producer, produced over a million ounces last year. And we have Gary Parkinson, who's um, currently developing the largest disseminated gold project in the world. It's about 17 million ounces and half a billion, 17 million ounces of gold and half a billion um, ounces of silver. And uh, and then Randy Buckhammer is takeover specialist and uh, and um, you know it, the list goes on like that. So it's it's a pretty impressive group. Okay, and um, tell us where you're listed and what plans you have to develop that, or tell us what you can anyway. Okay, the um, this is one of the uh, it's a um, I think it cursed the previous management. They were li- it's listed on the the over the counter in the United States. Our immediate objective is to uh, to apply for a listing on the Toronto Stock Exchange Junior Board, the TSXV, and um, I think part of the reason we were able to take this company over and it trades at such a deep discount to its peer group um, is because it's on the OTC and getting on the TSX should have a major impact on its valuation. And do you have some kind of time frame for that? 
Well, we certainly like to do it in the next 90 to 120 days. Um, the, the, we um, have not submitted the application yet, and we're just preparing to do that. Okay. Um, tell us what your ticker symbol is. It's uh, MXOM. It's uh, it's a uh, the company's name is Pan American Goldfields Limited. But the ticker symbol we inherited from the previous company. We changed the name when we took it over, and so we have the old ticker symbol still. But I imagine we'll get something that sounds more like. Uh, an acronym for Pan American Goldfields when we get uh, into Canada. Okay, so this this is very early stage, and and uh, your market cap is currently twelve million. That's correct. And uh, when I say our peer group, I think it's important to note that I'm. Uh, what we looked at was companies in the immediate vicinity of this particular uh, uh, deposit, and um, so uh, we are um, in the process of uh, doing a, a PEA for that. And if you look at any of the companies in the vicinity, um, say Grade Resources, which Agnico Eagle took over for over $200, $200 an ounce, which is just to the north of us, or uh, Paramount Silver, which is about $140 an ounce valuation. Um, there's a couple others that are in the $60, $70 region. But I think the important thing to note is we, the company is trading at $12 an ounce on the OTC, and, and there's a lot of room for it to go up. Okay. Uh, what's your current cash position? Well, we're in the middle of a financing right now. We um, The cash is actually very low. It's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're doing a uh, $7 million raise as we speak, and uh, but we speak, and uh, but we are cash flowing. That's the important thing. We're making about $200,000 a month net. So, Okay. Um, now, $200,000 an ounce doesn't sound very much on the amount of gold and silver that you actually produced last month. So why don't you explain why that is? Well, the reason is, is when we took over the company, it was about a year and a half process to get control. And as part of our bargaining with the former management and the uh, group that was um, trying to earn um, the majority of the mine, uh, about 60% of the mine, we uh, allowed them to to have 80% of the net profits of the production for one year, and that's until December of next year. And uh, that allows them to recoup um, probably most of the money, the millions of dollars that they invested in getting it to this stage. But had we not done that, then it would have been a, a struggle. So we had to give a little. And uh, But it's a, it only involves 2% of the actual uh, resource and uh, so that's that's important. The, the other ninety eight percent we get, and there's a depth limit as well, isn't there? That's right. They're limited to fifteen meters. Um, in this small area, they're they're mining. It's about one hundred and fifty thousand tons of the twenty million uh, ton resource, and uh, the anything below fifteen meters, we get eighty percent of. Okay, so if I'm to summarize this, you're, you're listed on the OTC, so you're hoping to get on a better board pretty soon. You're going to raise some money. You've got some cash flow. Um, once you take control of the mine next December, December 2012, presumably you're going to make some improvements to the mine? Well, what we're doing right now is um, as part of our – as soon as we had control of this operation – um, about two months ago, we engaged M3, which is the number one mine developer in Mexico. They've done more than half the new mines in Mexico uh, over the last 20 years, and they're quarterbacking the development of this project. And the idea is, I mean, they're doing a very small production right now. It's, it's uh, you know, a 1,000 ounces gold equivalent per month, and we're, we want to scale this up to about 100,000 ounces uh, a year. 
so literally 10 times the amount. And um, uh, that's what we have. Uh, that's what we'll end up with uh, 80% of. Okay, very good. So um, there's a lot of nice things on the horizon, but there's still a little bit of stuff to, to wade through. Um, is, that, is that fair enough to stay, say that? Well, yes, but I, I think the ultimate goal, and I, I mean, once again, you have to look at the management involved. Our, our goal is to have this either, if we don't get interrupted by being bought out, uh, is to be at the 100,000 ounce per year um, stage and using a $500 cash cost. Uh, our, our estimate is that this thing will spin off $128 million a year. And that's uh, pretty substantial, especially when you're talking about buying a, a stock that's got a $12 million market cap. Absolutely. Um, how much is it going to cost you and what kind of time frame are we looking at to, to reach those levels? It would be about three to four years to get the uh, the mine actually at 100,000 ounces per year. Really, the, um, the, the most reliable numbers will come out with this preliminary economic assessment that's being done by M3, and they expect that to be finished by this summer. And uh, again, you know, when that uh, is completed and uh, providing we're, we're trading on a, a better exchange, I would expect a, a pretty radical revaluation of the company. Okay. Now, on top of Mexico, you mentioned that you've got the gentleman from Barrick, Argentina, and I understand you're, you, you're looking at a couple of exploration assets in Argentina and maybe Colombia as well. Is that right? That's correct. I, I can't really talk about Colombia because we're just in the process of acquiring a, a major asset there. But um, in, uh, in uh, Argentina, we were very fortunate to acquire the Cerro Delta, which is in the Maracunga Belt. It's about um, 12 miles away from or 20 uh, kilometers away from Cerro Caselli and about 25 kilometers from uh, Exeter's Caspice. And it's a lookalike um, uh, opportunity. These two, of course, uh, Caspice is about 44 million ounces gold equivalent. It had about a 600 square meter, 300 by 600 square meter um, uh, gold zone. And uh, it we have a two, co- two square kilometer gold zone on ours. And it's basically in the same structure, uh, same faulting, uh, same geology. It's a big uh, porphyry uh, outcropping and it's got a huge geophysical sig- signal just as, uh, or signature just as these other two major discoveries had. Okay. Are there any issues with mining in that particular part of Argentina? Well, that's where the opportunity came. It's in Rioa, which is next to Catamarca. And and people that are really experienced in that area will know the uh, Baja Alhambra. It's one of the largest mines in the world, and it spins out about a million dollars an hour. And uh, Catamarca province owns 20% of that. La Rioja had not allowed any mining because most of the provinces it looks like Napa Valley, and so I, I agree with them. I wouldn't want them to wouldn't want to mine where they're where it's really beautiful. But up in the area where this mine is, it's it's like Mars, and they've uh, since 2008 decided to allow mining, and uh, there were some problems with property boundaries, which were resolved in 2010. And as soon as they were resolved, we um, we were the first ones to move. And largely because of the uh, the stature and the abilities of our management, uh, Hernan Salario, the ex-president of uh, Barrick, Argentina, and also uh, uh, Miguel Danano. Okay, very good. Now, um, Neil, I mean, y- y- you're an interesting guy. You you've kind of used to do what I do. You you used to write about gold and gold mining companies before you became uh, actively involved in them uh, on the ground, so to speak. So why don't you just tell us a little, about your, uh, a little bit about your background and history? 
Sure. I was a, um, a professional trader, market maker, analyst in Canada in the uh, in the 80s. And um, I left that to work for Canada Stockwatch as a writing editorial and then started my own publication based out of Switzerland called The Minicap Analyst with about 15,000 uh, paid subscribers. And it was a major force in, uh, in the Canadian markets at the time. In fact, it was responsible for one of the largest traders in the VSC history about traded about a company called Nortran Pharmaceuticals, traded about 12 million shares, a jump from a 50,000 share a day to 12 million shares because I'd issued a fax bulletin to buy it. It did end up a success. It, uh, it's been renamed Cardiome and hit an ultimate high of about $16 a share. So everybody did very well on it. But we, in the mining space, which was my specialty, I had a, a separate biotech team that uh, did that. But my specialty was the uh, mining space, and it took me everywhere from Lumbabashi in the Congo to um, to South America, kilometer 88. And we had some spectacular successes, including I was, I think, the first one to spot and recommend Arequipa around 40 cents before it ran to $32. Um, I was there with Argentina Gold, um, Ken Shannon's Corriente. You know, I was on the ground with a lot of these, and these are all companies that went up at least a thousand percent. So that was what my track record was, and in in coming in and uh, taking over uh, Pan American Goldfields, what I've really done is taken out my analyst newsletter checklist and try to uh, to uh, cover every base and everything I'd look for if I was looking for a, a twenty center that was going to be a phenomenal success. Okay, very good. So um, I, I think we've kind of covered Pan American Goldfields. So I wonder if I can just ask you one general question. I mean, you, if you've been uh, in this game since the 1980s, you've seen bear markets and bull markets, and you've seen how rich people can become and how poor people can become and how quickly the, the reversal can happen. What, what, do you, what do your kind of general take on the junior mining market at the moment? Well, just to um, go back, I, I hate to date myself, but I remember the 1981 bear market. And uh, you have to realize that this this is, looks like a copycat to the, big, the start of one of the biggest bull markets in history. That's the S&P 500. And it's because some there's a lot of money around that's looking to acquire juniors. And that's exactly what we saw in the beginning in the 80s was there was a lot of acquisitions and, uh, and a, a lot of phenomenal cash flow. Um, you know, for instance, one of the big banks in Canada expects the free cash flow from the majors to be several hundred billion dollars by 2015. And, uh, you know, if you look at that and then Barrick comes out and says that they're going to f- start buying small companies that are they're going to call them brownfield developments just because they're in the neighborhood. Now, they're, they're, they're lowering their sites because they can't acquire big deposits anymore. So... In the 1981-82, I recall working on the floor of the stock exchange, and you're allowed to smoke on the exchange in those days. It was so quiet, the smoke settled, so it was knee level, like uh, you were, we were all big giants walking through San Francisco fog, and it would swirl around our legs as we walked across the floor. That's how bad it was. Now, those same 20-cent stocks, the ones that were run by people like the Hernan Solorio types and the the Randy Buckmers and the Gary Parkinson types, those are companies that all of a sudden, four years later, you're looking at them and they were $2 stocks. And that's the thing to keep in mind. The smart money is looking to invest in smart people right now. Okay. Uh, so um, all in all, very exciting. So, um, Neil, just one final thing. If we want to find out more about Pan American Goldfields, um, how do we go about doing that? 
I think the easiest thing to do is to go to our website. It's uh, Panam, P-A-N-A-M, goldfields.com, and uh, you'll be able to read all about us. Okay. Well, Neil Mydell, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, and uh, come on again in six months or something and give us an update. Great. Thank you, Dominique. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 